you for joining us at Bangalore Revival Center. We are a church that's dreaming revival with God and serving people in love. It is our desire to equip you to represent Jesus and carry his great joy to the ends of the earth. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit dreamingrevival.com. Now, as you listen to the word, we believe that God will minister to you. Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. You should remember the words of Jesus. What did he say? It is more blessed to give than to receive. Once again, Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. But let's just revise what we uh, learned last Sunday about tithing, okay? Uh, the first thing that we learned is that we bring our tithes to the storehouse. And what is a storehouse in the New Testament? The church. We bring our tithes not to, uh, uh, not because we can't enjoy it back home. See, it is for our enjoyment. That's what we learned in the word, right? Our tithes are more than giving it to the priests and more than giving it to anybody. It is for our benefit. But we don't benefit from it at home. We come to the church. We come to the storehouse. And there we celebrate it together. You remember that? Yes, no, maybe, maybe not. Yes, sure? Okay. The second point that we learned was that we tithe where we are fed spiritually and otherwise. Not only spiritually, but every, every way, wherever we are fed and where we are taken care of. That is the place where we give our tithes. You remember that? We learned this from the Old Testament and from the New Testament on how we should give to we give we should give our tithes to a place where we are fed, where we are constantly taken care of. The third principle that we learned was that our tithes go to the. You remember the order of uh, people that we can give to from our tithes. First, it goes towards ourselves where uh, celebration in our you know services and in, in the church that's the first place it goes to secondarily it goes to feeding the Levites it goes to feeding the foreigners the orphans and the widows we understood each part of this right we, we studied all of this the fourth thing that we studied is that our tithes they become a special offering when we give the best of our tithes when we give the best of what we have to the Lord these tithes they become a very special offering right we remember that scripture uh, where we spoke about Levites giving the tithe of the tithe to the Lord the best of their uh, best of what they have when they give to the Lord it becomes a, a sacred offering everybody says sacred offering uh, then we also learned that we tithe not because of fear of punishment, not because of fear of consequences, but because we are truly uh, demonstrating our faith and our trust in God. That is the New Testament tithing. The Old Testament tithing was so that if you don't give so much, you are not eligible to enjoy any benefits in Israel. But the New Testament tithing is to demonstrate our faith and our trust in God. Amen? And then comes my most favorite point. We tithe to honor our great high priest, Jesus. I'd like to just revise that particular revelation before I go ahead because... 
I, I kept asking people last Sunday after the church, what did you get from this sermon? And not many people seem to understand that particular point. I, I don't know why, but that is the one point that I want to just revise today. But before I do that, anybody who has a question from what we have learned in the last three sessions till now, especially about giving or about tithing or about the wrong kind of giving, you know, that's what we learned in the first two. The first Sunday we learned why we should give. The second Sunday we learned why we should not give. And last week we learned about the principles of tithing. So on these three uh, talks or conversations or sermons that we've had, any doubts, any questions so far? Yes, Parto. We can give to every servant of God, like apart from the tithes, uh, like we, we will check the person, the, the behavior, character, or simply we can give every servant of God. So uh, what Parto is asking is, can we just give it to anybody? Can we just give our money to anybody or we should check what they are doing with the money or, you know, people that are good and, yeah. you know, that are using the money rightly. Now, see, I'll tell you something about, there is two types of giving that we will study in the days to come. There is a giving to honor and to sow and there is a giving to just be charitable and to just bless somebody. When you're giving to sow into something, you should remember that you're going to reap the same thing. For example, we're going to study about this today and in the next couple of weeks. We are going to look for places. Like last Sunday, I told you, you know, my mom's here. My mom has raised children in a godly way. So if there is anybody who is aspiring to raise kids in the same way that my mom has raised, then you have to go and sow a seed into her. Why? Because you're going to reap from that, right? And I did not say sow because she has a need. I said sow because you want to reap from what she carries in her life, what she has done with her life. So there are some men of God that we sow into to receive what they carry. And there are some people that we sow or we give money to, not to receive something, but to just give it to them. Because you know that they are poor or you know that they don't, they have a need and you're just giving it because, you know, you just want to bless them. Not because you want to receive what they carry on their life. So how you give is the main question. We can give to everybody. But if you're giving to sow into somebody, to invest into somebody, then you need to investigate. Is this an anointing that I want to come under? Is this an anointing that I want to submit myself to? If it is not, then you should refrain from that person. Because what you do, what you do not, don't understand. This is why one reason why we say, see, from the church, we can give our money to poor people, right? From the church. When the money comes to the storehouse, from the storehouse, it can go to the poor people. But can you imagine the, the fault of you taking your tithes and going and giving it to the poor person? You're saying, I'm coming under your covering. You're saying, I'm coming under your spiritual covering now. What you're saying is, what you carry, the spirit of poverty that you carry, I am coming in, sub in submission to the spirit of poverty that you carry. That is why you never take your tithes and you go and give it directly to the orphans or the widows or the poor people. You know, you see the same principle in the New Testament. They all brought it to the apostles' feet and, the, and from there it got distributed to everybody that had a need. 
we don't give our tithes to uh, to just take care of the needs of people we give our tithes because we are under a spiritual covering because we are fed in a particular place and we we belong to a particular place and from there we go so again coming back to your question when you are giving to honor and to sow and to and to receive from a man of god you have to be very sure that this is the right man of god but if you are giving because man this guy has been asking for so long like i heard this on a podcast uh, uh, somebody was sharing this he was saying there was a pastor who was collecting an offering he collected the offering and he uh, he he said he he uh, he said today we have to raise some $75,000 or something and uh, they collected the offering and the offering was uh, $10,000 less so he said ushers lock the doors nobody's leaving here till we hit $75,000 so there was this one guy who who said he was a rich guy he said man i want to get out of this place and there are so many people locked in this place i want them to get out of this place so he just wrote a check of $10000 and gave it off not because he believed in the anointing of this man of god but just to get rid of that you know person just to just to you know okay this guy needs 10000 here is 10000 i'll just i'll just take care of it don't put all these people under the so so the question is are you giving to charity or are you giving to so if you're giving to charity you can give to anybody and everybody poor people rich people righteous people unrighteous people people of the world people of the church anybody there is no distinction there but when you're giving to honor somebody when you're giving to invest and sow into somebody that time you have to be very careful who you would give to to give servant of god but there is a disagreement with me and rinki rinki didn't rinki said the person is not good you can't give this person okay uh, i mean to say the question is that is it is our responsibility to check the person is good behavior or god or particular money the particular things whatever we give we should check see parto more than that person the question is why do you want to give see it's um, i understand? see that i see there is a lack there is a need in yeah your, exactly in so if you are giving as charity it's a different thing you understand the question is not again the question is not who the person is the question is why i want to give if i want to give for charity if i want to just help this guy then i don't have to worry about you know if this guy is going to uh, you know if this guy is you know I, there was some one time when you know i there was this person uh, who came in who walked in and the lord is asking me to give money to this guy and i'm like lord i can see it on his face that this guy he, he was he was he was high when he came in and and i know that if i give him money he's going to use it for the wrong things and i'm trying to logically reason it out with god and i'm saying god i cannot give this guy money because but god is saying just give you know so but that time i'm not giving to to sow into him to receive from him man of god bless me i'm giving it to him because you know god is asking me to just bless that's a different kind of giving can we revise what we learned last sunday this is the book of hebrews chapter 7 and verse 4 come on read that out with me 1 2 3 go consider then how great this melchizedek was even abraham the great patriarch of israel 
recognize this by giving him a tenth of what he had taken in battle so there are two types of giving in the two types of tithing in the old testament the levitical tithing and the melchizedek tithing the tithing that went to levites and the tithes that that was received by melchizedek now the thing with levites is that people these levites received money because they did not have any plot of land in israel they had to be taken care of but melchizedek abraham gave to melchizedek not because not because melchizedek did not have money he was a king and he was a priest read it again with me he says consider then how great this melchizedek was so what did abraham do abraham recognized this greatness by giving his one tenth to melchizedek so abraham's tithing to melchizedek was not because melchizedek needed it abraham's tithing to melchizedek was not because abraham was greatly immensely blessed by melchizedek abraham's tithing to melchizedek was dependent on abraham's revelation about melchizedek abraham saw in the spirit that man this is a great guy this is a great king this is a great priest i need to sow into this man of god right yes no maybe maybe not so according to the measure of the revelation that abraham had abraham gave so melchizedek was so great that you know abraham said i have i can't just give him like one small offering i have to give away one tenth of everything that i have right now i need to give it to melchizedek right then apostle paul goes on to bring a comparison between melchizedek and jesus in verse 17 read it with me 1 2 3 go loudly and the psalmist pointed this out when he prophesied you are a priest forever in the order of melchizedek who is this who is this priest forever in the order of melchizedek Jesus is a priest forever in the order of in the same line of Melchizedek. So today we don't give to Jesus because we've been blessed. We don't give to Jesus because you know because Jesus needs your money. We give our tithes to Jesus because Jesus is great. You know the measure of Melchizedek's greatness was so much that Abraham gave away one tenth of his of everything that he had no wonder the new testament church gave away 100% you know why because they had a revelation of who Jesus was they gave according to the revelation of how great Jesus is not according to the revelation of how rich they are but according to the revelation of how great Jesus is see Abraham only saw Melchizedek but the new testament church had seen and tasted and been with jesus they're like man jesus i i can't i can't give a 10% to jesus i can't give 11% jesus deserves my everything amen? amen so so if you come and ask me pastor should i give 10% 15% 20% i will say give according to the revelation that you have about jesus i will not ask you to to give a particular percentage you you give you ask the lord and you say lord how much do i value you 
according to my value and my revelation about how great you are in my life, I'm going to give in the same measure. Amen? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7. Read it out. What soldier has to pay for his own expense? This is Apostle Paul speaking. And he says, what soldier? What do soldiers usually do? Fight, protect, defend, conquer a nation's interests. They are not fighting for themselves, right? A soldier. What is the difference between a soldier and a goon? When a goon goes and beats somebody up, he's doing it so he can get something from this guy, right? But when a soldier goes to fight, he's not doing it for his benefit. He's doing it for the benefit of his nation. He's fighting for the interest of his nation. Now, Apostle Paul says, what soldier, my church, what soldier has to pay for their own expense? Isn't it the responsibility of the nation that the soldier represents or he's fighting for or is defending or he's sent out on the behalf of? Isn't it the responsibility of the nation to pay for the expenses of the soldier? Yes, no, maybe, maybe not. No soldiers will will use money from their bank balance or is not expected to use money from their savings to buy bombs to go and bomb the enemy country. The country has to pay for it, right? The country has to pay for his family and take care of his travel and everything. You know, the, 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 it's the country's job. The second example that Paul gives is of a farmer. Come on, read it out with me. What farmer plants a vineyard and doesn't have the right to eat some of its fruit. Come on. When a farmer plants a, a vineyard or an orchard or whatever he does, he doesn't have the capacity to finish everything that there is. He is, he is doing whatever he is doing for an entire generation of people who will receive from this, right? Yes, no, maybe, maybe not. Come on, talk to me. He's... he's planting a vineyard so that it can feed so many people. The, the fruits that you eat, the vegetables that come to your house, you don't even know which guy planted it somewhere and it reached your house. But is it, it, is it unfair for this farmer to sometimes eat of his own fruit? It's not. Is it wrong if he says, man, I'm hungry today, I'd like to, you know, enjoy this fruit? It's not wrong. In fact, it is necessary that whatever comes out of the, whatever fruit or whatever uh, harvest comes from the vineyard, that at least a tiny portion goes to the farmer that worked in that place. The land may belong to somebody, the, the harvest may belong to somebody, but the farmer who worked there, he deserves at least a tiny portion at least some bit of the hard work that he has put into this place. The third example he gives of is a shepherd. Come on, read it out with me. What shepherd cares for a flock of sheep and isn't allowed to drink some of the milk? What shepherd, he cares, he works hard day and night to protect the sheep. You know the stories of shepherd in the Old Testament, right? We know the story of how David had to risk his life, fight a bear and a lion for his sheep, right? And that's the kind of 
effort that a shepherd has to do. We see this in the New Testament. When Jesus was born, shepherds were watching their sheep in the middle of the night. These guys are doing a night shift job. I mean, I don't think farmers did a night shift job. Soldiers probably, but not farmers. You know, and, and shepherds, they have to work day and night. And they are, and they are working hard in day seasons and night seasons when people watch them, when people don't watch them. And, and, and Apostle Paul is asking, don't they have the right, aren't they allowed to drink some of the milk that comes from this sheep that they are taking care of? What is Apostle Paul's point? Let's read verse 11. He says, since we, okay, who is we? Apostle Paul and his team members. And he says, since we have planted a spiritual seed among you, aren't we entitled to a harvest of physical food and drink? So what is he saying? He's saying as pastors, as leaders, as apostles, it is our responsibility to sow spiritual food, to defend like a soldier fights for his country. It is the responsibility of apostles and pastors and leaders to fight for their people, to stand in the gap for the people, to, to pray on behalf of the people. Like farmers, it is their responsibility to constantly sow seeds for the benefit of the entire church, entire uh, congregation, entire flock, entire vineyard. Like shepherds, it is their responsibility to stand guard for the lives of these sheep day and night. And Apostle Paul says, since we have planted a spiritual, everybody says spiritual. Since we have planted a spiritual seed, everybody screams seed. So he says, when we have planted a spiritual seed among you, aren't we entitled to a harvest of physical, somebody say physical, food and drink. In other words, what he's saying is, you know, as leaders, it is our responsibility to sow spiritual things, to sow spiritually into the church, into the lives, into the families that have been entrusted in our, into our hands, spiritually. And as people that receive spiritually from these leaders, it is your responsibility to sow physically back to these farmers, to these soldiers, to these leaders to the shepherds and, and, and take care of their needs. You know, so often I, I've, I've heard people say, uh, you know, we will, we will pray for our pastor. You know, we, will, we don't have anything to give to our pastor, so we will pray for our pastor. We'll pray for our leaders. We'll pray for... Our... But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, since we have planted a spiritual seed among you, Aren't we entitled to a harvest of physical food and drink? Okay, let me tell you this. I'm not teaching you this because I need anything. I'm teaching you this because this is a principle in the Word of God. Because I'm not going to be there here all the time. I'm not going to be a pastor all throughout your life. You'll have people that God will send your way to take care of you, to feed you, to nourish you, to cherish you, to take you to the next level. And you need to know this principle that anybody that invests spiritually into my life deserves a physical blessing that goes out of my life. If they have invested spiritually, then you have to go out of your way to give something physical. Don't just say, I will pray for that person. No, that's not how it works. Physically, 
now now see several times you may not necessarily have the capacity to take care of the food and drink of this person it doesn't matter what can you do to to honor the word that this person has spoken over you what can you do to honor this prayer that this person has prayed over you what can you do to honor the the seed that this person has imparted this anointing that has been imparted over you what can you do physically to to honor and to respect the word that has been sown into your particular life in fact the bible says in verse 14 that the lord has ordered that those who preach the good news should be supported by those who benefit from him is does it say the lord would prefer it like this come on is it a preference is it is it is it something god saying okay it will be great if you try this you know it's a good principle it's an order it's a commandment in the bible that those who preach the good news those who bring the word of god to you they have to be taken care of by the ones that are being blessed by this word that has been brought now see now you may ask pastor my my pastor doesn't visit my house my pastor doesn't call me 10 times a day my pastor doesn't you know do this do that you know we, we may have all those reservations saying hey what is the definition of somebody who preaches the good news to me what is the definition of somebody that is spiritually sowing a seed into my life what is the definition it, does this person have to you know be you know receiving all of your calls does this person have to be you know counseling you once a day 30 days a week no see i'll i'll give you the example of the new testament church the apostles they said you know there was this problem in the new testament church where food was not being distributed properly you know the story acts chapter 6 i think 5 6 or 7 i think 5 or 6 the food was not being distributed properly and they brought the problem to the apostles and the apostles said guys this is not this is not something that I want to get involved in. Why don't you appoint some good guys who, who are very much filled in the spirit of God and wisdom? And why don't you get these guys to distribute food? Get these guys to handle the money. Get these guys to do the booking. Get these guys to do whatever they want they, they have to do to run the church, to, to run the organization, to run the ministry. We will devote ourselves to two things. Do you want to know the two things? Preaching and prayer. Two things that the apostles said. They, they said, hey, there are two things that we want to devote all of our time to. We want to devote our time to seeking the Lord and bringing a word from the Lord for you guys. That's it. Everything else, you can outsource it. Everything else, you can give somebody else. He said, hey, this is our primary role and responsibility in the church. Our responsibility is to go spend time in the presence of the Lord and hear a word from the Lord for you guys and bring that word for you guys. And everything that you need for your life, for your finances, for your marriage, for your ministry, for your education, for your future is packed in that word 
that the word that the servants of God are bringing into your life. So when I say that you need to sow into the servants of God that are investing into you, what I'm actually saying is you need to sow into the word that they are releasing over your life. The word, the word, the word. When that word comes, that word has the capacity to, to turn your life around. I, I shared this last night. Uh, that word has the capacity to shift your seasons. That word has the capacity to, to open doors that have been shut for generations. That word has the capacity to turn everything around in your life. Yes, no, maybe, maybe not. And so when we give to the man of God who is bringing that word, we are not technically giving to the man, we are giving to that word. We are giving to honor the word that has been invested into our life. We are giving to honor the word that has been sown into our life. Let me give you this example. The book of 1 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 6. Read it out with me. 1, 2, 3, go. But the servant, this is Saul's servant. You know, you know the background of the story? Saul has lost his donkeys, right? Now, the servant said... I've just thought of something. There is a man of God who lives here in this town. He is held in high honor by all the people because everything that he says comes true. Let's go and find him. Perhaps he can, come on, not help us, but he can tell us. He can give a word. You remember this word? One word from the man of God. He says, perhaps he can give us a word on what to do next. One word that is enough for me to solve every challenges I have, every issues I have. One word. Let's go and find this man who is being honored in this city, who has great honor in this city. And I will go and receive from that one word from this man. But then immediately Saul replies, but we don't have anything to offer him, Saul replied. Even our food is gone and we don't have a thing to give him. Saul is saying, you know what? I would have loved to go and get a word from this man of God. But hey, what do we have in our hands? Even if we had food, we could have given him our food. But we don't have anything. How, you know, these guys have been traveling and been on the journey for such a long time. And he's saying, hey, we've finished everything that we had. We've searched, we've given up all our money to search our donkeys out. Now we are, our bank accounts are empty, our resources, everything is empty. Now we don't have anything in our hands. Now that is the state where these guys are and, and, and he's saying, now we don't have anything. Now let me tell you this. When you don't have anything, you have to ask the Lord, if I need a word, Lord, give me something so that I can go and ask the word. You know, you know the story of uh, this lady whose husband, uh, she was the wife of a prophet. He died and she came to Elisha saying, you know, we are in a debt. We are in crazy, challenging debt situation. And she came and asked, what can we do? What is the question that Elisha asked her? Not what do you want? What do you have? Do you have anything in your hands? What is it that you have in your hands? Do you want a blessing? Do you want a word from the Lord? You have to be willing to become vulnerable with what you have in your hands. You have to be willing to expose. I, this is all I have and this is all I'm willing to give. You know, in my nothingness, in my 
you know when i have everything i'm willing to give everything but when i don't have anything also i'm willing to give anything everything see god saw saul's heart that this man is not going to take this word for granted and so god made a divine provision for saul to sow the next verse it says well the servant replied i have one small silver piece we can at least offer it to the man of god and see what happens see who is the master and who is the servant here saul is the master who should be providing for his servant but check this out okay the servant is right now providing for the master and he's saying you know what i know that you're out of your money but i have one small silver piece i'm telling you if you want to give if you come to church with a desire to give god will use somebody he may not be as rich as you are but somebody to take care of your giving need i don't want anybody in this place to to come and receive the word why do you think that we have our offering after the word not before the word because we want your giving to be in response to the word that you have just received amen because you value that word and when you find somebody when you see in your spirit you discern that there is somebody in this place who is like Saul who doesn't have anything you say lord use me as a servant to carry that one silver piece that i may have the last silver piece that i may have to bless this guy so that that his word can go deep and really really impact this person let me explain this a little further let's go to the book of genesis chapter 18 we'll read this story together okay this is a very familiar story the lord appeared again to abraham near the oak grove belonging to mamre one day abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day verse 2 he looked up and noticed three men standing nearby when he saw them he ran out to meet them and welcomed them bowing low to the ground my lord he said if it pleases you stop here for a while rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to wash your feet let's pause there for a minute you know these three guys were not planning to take a stop at abraham's house they were only passing by but when abraham saw that they were there The Bible says Abraham went out of his way to say you know what he went out and met them and he welcomed them and then he said if it pleases you will you please come and rest here in my house for a while let me arrange for water to wash your feet if that's not enough the next thing that he said is this he said and since you have honored your servant with this visit let me prepare some food to refresh you before you continue on with your journey and they replied and said all right do as you said see this is something that you have to notice in the previous story who was the man of god no samuel was the man of god did samuel ever say you will not get a word unless you come with an offering did these three men come and ask abraham saying abraham we have something really special to give you but let's see if you will give us an offering did they say that no they didn't say it they just they were just passing by how often how many times 
we have ignored the gentle nudges of the Holy Spirit and thus passed by our own breakthroughs, but thus passed by some keys, some principles that God could have given us through this amazing men and women of God that He has placed around our life. And the Bible says that He requested them. He's not even like saying, guys, you know, if you want, you can come. No, He's requesting them. He's pleading with them and He's saying, because you've honored me by coming to my house, can I at least prepare some food to refresh you? Right? The next verse, he says, So Abraham ran back to the tent and said to Sarah, Now he's involving his wife. Now it's no longer only his giving. He's involved his wife. And he says, Hurry, get three large measures of your best flour. Because when we give, we don't give the leftovers. You remember that from the last Sunday? We don't give our la- leftovers. We give our best, right? And he says, bring the best flour and knead it into dough and bake some bread and bake some best, the, the finest bread. See, you know, Abraham had a lot of servants, but he said, hey, if I want the best bread, it has to be my wife who makes this. And that's why he said, Sarah, you need to bake this. I can't outsource this to my servants. You have to knead it with your hands. You know, it, uh, something about some hands that the way they need the food uh, you know the chapati it tastes better right uh, and when somebody else needs it it doesn't taste the same thing do you understand what i'm saying so abraham was very intentional in making sure that it'll be the best quality that this man of god will receive the next verse then he then abraham ran out to the herd and he chose a tender calf not any calf but a tender a young calf and he, and he gave it to his servant and, and said, Hey, quickly, prepare this. You know, this calf has not even reached its maturity. It's not like in its old age and about to die. And, and Abraham is like, we have used, the, used it to the maximum. We've milked this cow very well. Now we can give it to the Lord. You know, that's how we give to the Lord so often. But Abraham said, no, no, no. I'll give the best, the tender, the most beautiful, the most uh, strong of my uh, resources. I'll give it to the Lord. And the next verse, he says, And when the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt. And it says, he, he brought some yogurt and milk and some roasted meat. So some, some nice alfam, you know, and chicken tandoori. And, and he served it to the men. And as they ate, Abraham waited on them in the shade of the trees. Who is Abraham? He's one of the wealthiest guy in the, in the nation or in the world at that time. Right? And what is he doing? He's waiting. He's serving these strangers, these visitors. He, they are not even, you know, they have not even promised to give him a word. Nothing. But he's waiting. He's become a waiter. He, he has so many servants to wait on him. But all of a sudden, Abraham became the waiter to this man of God. And you know the story of what happened. They gave a word. That's it. Nothing miraculous. Gold dust didn't come or, uh, you know, Sarah didn't deliver immediately. Nothing. They gave a word. Now, come on. If you ask Abraham, is this a new word, Abraham? No, it's not. I've been hearing this word for 25 years. That I'm going to make you a father. It's not a new word, but that was so, so necessary that Abraham bring them in and honor these guys 
for that word to be released. And that one word was enough to change the barrenness that Sarah had to the fruitfulness that God wanted to take her into. Can I give you one more story before we finish today? This is also the story of another barren woman. This is Judges chapter 13, verse 2. Let's read it out loud. In those days, loudly, in those days, a man named Manoah from the tribe of Dan lived in the town of Zora. His wife was unable to become pregnant and they had no children. Okay, this is another woman who was unable to bear children and, and there was no word from the Lord. She was constantly barren. All her efforts, everything that she tried, it did not bear fruit. Then one day, verse 3, one day the angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah's wife. And what did he do? Come on, loudly. He said, what did he do? He brought a word from the Lord. He said, hey, there is a situation in your life. It needs a change. You don't need somebody to lay hands and pray for you. You need a word. You need a word. So often, it's not the lack of word that, you know, that we don't experience our breakthrough. It's probably because we don't value that word enough that we don't receive that breakthrough. We don't value that word. We don't honor that word. And God is releasing word every Sunday that you walk into this place. God is releasing a word. You know, I, I, I sit in the presence of God like, you know, hours through the week, each day to, to, to prepare and to, you know, I delete so many scriptures, so many of my personal revelations that I've received. I keep deleting it saying, no, no, I don't think God wants me to share this. I spend so much time to receive from the Lord and come and minister, come and share it to you. It's not because there is a lack of the word that we are still without breakthrough. Could it be that our honor is lacking? Could it be that our respect for this word is lacking? Could it be that our investing into this word is lacking? Could it be that we are taking this word for granted? You know, you may not necessarily, let's say you don't have money to give in response to this word. What, what can you give? What can you bring? Can you, can you bring your amens and hallelujahs? Can you scream out loud? Can you stand up and you receive this word? Can you, just, can you just be like excited in your reception of this word? Can we be really excited whenever a word comes into this house? We, we, we are not respecting the man that is bringing the word. So it doesn't matter if Sefe is bringing that word or Pinky is bringing that word or Zahal or Rizzi is bringing that word. If a word comes and that word, it carries the heart of God, we will celebrate that word. We will, we will go bonkers because we, we respect and honor this word. Because this word has the capacity to change my destiny has the capacity to say, change my seasons, has the capacity to turn my life around. Amen? And what was the word? Even though you have been unable to have children, you will soon become pregnant and give birth to a son. Immediately, Manoah was a descendant of Abraham, right? Manoah and his wife, they were descendants of Abraham. They're like, man, we didn't know you were coming with a word. 
now that you have come with the word, we can't send you back empty-handed. We didn't expect a word. We were not expecting. We were barren for so long and we didn't think that anything will shift or change in our life. But because this word has come, we can't, we can't let you go just like that. The next verse, verse 15. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, Please stay here until we can prepare a young goat for you to eat. Because he remembered his father Abraham, when he was barren, when they were barren, there were these three strangers that came and they gave a word. And what did Abraham do? Abraham fed them, right? So Manoah said, man, I got to feed this man. I'm going to make sure that this guy, I, I don't have the yogurt and the milk and the, and the flour and the tender calf and everything, but I have a small goat in my house. That's all that I have. But I'm going to give that young goat that I have. Because that's how much I value this word that has come to me. I value this word. I'm not going to take this word for granted. I'm not going to take this word for granted. I'm not going to take this word for granted. I'm not going to receive this word for free. You're giving it when it is in response to that one word that you're receiving. And that, that giving has crazy crazy power because that one word that is coming into your life can can really move mountains for you amen so so when this angel heard this the angel understood these guys are trying to imitate abraham so the angel said okay because you want to give don't give me food to eat here is what you could give this is what you need to do i will stay the angel of the lord replied but i will not eat anything however you may prepare a burnt offering as a sacrifice to the Lord your offering your giving it's I don't care I, I don't want it the angel said but you can give it to the Lord you can prepare a burnt offering see the angel did not ask for it but when they insisted that that uh, if you will please stay, we would like to serve you something. He said, okay, if you really want to give, bring an offering to the Lord. Bring a burnt offering to the Lord, he said. And this was their reply. Then Manoah asked the angel of the Lord, what is your name? For when all of this comes true, we want to honor you. Come on, everybody say honor. Because that word was so powerful. He's like, hey, it's not enough that I honor now. Even when it comes to pass, I want to again honor you right it's not enough that i honor the word i also want to honor the testimony when it happens right i don't want to take the the testimony for granted now the reply it just surprised me are you ready for this why do you ask my name the angel of the lord replied it is too wonderful for you to understand now i don't know if it's only me or do you also think that this could be jesus that this man was not talking to just an angel, so-called. He was talking to Jesus. That is why he said, hey, my name, I, I'd like to reveal myself to you. What is in the name? The revelation, right? You get the revelation of who this person is. Like, what is in the name? When he, he asked his name, he said, this is too deep for you to understand right now. There is still time for you to understand this. Manoah didn't get it, but we get it. Because there is only one name that is too wonderful for us to understand. 
there is only one name that is too glorious for us to sing and talk and and give to and that is the name of Jesus are you ready for the next verse then Manoah took a young goat and a grain offering he could give a grain offering and a young goat right so he brought it and he and he offered it as a sacrifice to the Lord the next line it says and as Manoah and his wife watched the Lord did an amazing thing what is the amazing thing that he did let's read it okay one two three go as the flames from the altar shot up toward the sky the angel of the Lord which I believe should be Jesus it says the angel of the Lord ascended in the fire when Manoah and his wife saw this they fell with their faces to the ground why because that is when they realized they're not giving to an or normal angel that is when they realized I'm not giving it to a prophet that is when they realized I'm not giving it to any other name because there is only one who dwells in the midst of my worship see see what is Manoah and his wife doing they are they are offering to the Lord right they're giving a sacrifice they're giving a worship they're building an altar to the Lord and here is this angel he's not saying okay give it to the Lord he's he's seated on their offering and he's ascended on that offering he is glorified on that offering as this offering goes to heaven it is this angel who is actually being ascended to heaven with or without their knowledge when they honored that word that was spoken over their life they were honoring Jesus they were honoring the name that is above every other name that is why we have to honor the word that the Lord brings our way every week every day in fact every day when you when when you receive a word come on let's read it once again as the flames from the altar shot up toward the sky the angel of the Lord ascended in the fire when Manoah and his wife saw this they fell with their faces to the ground you know I have not added this net scriptures but you can go back and read it and they they're like oh my God we just saw God when God was seated on their worship ascended into heaven that's when they realized man we did not see a normal angel we just had an encounter with God see there are several people who had encounters with angels but nobody had a revelation of who that angel is only the ones that chose to give and to sacrifice and to honor the word that has been brought into their life at that time had a deeper revelation had a deeper understanding we are not studying this out of out of our season we are in the exact the right time when we are studying this when we are talking about this and every every Sunday I'm telling you every Sunday every Sunday when we learn giving and when we practice our giving we are not doing this to honor a prophet we are not doing this to honor the man we are doing this to honor Jesus who is going to be glorified through our giving you know it's very easy for us to visualize Jesus seated when we are worshiping it's very easy for us to visualize Jesus being glorified when we sing a song and when we worship but I want you to visualize when we put our offerings 
Jesus being seated on our offerings. So when you come to give today, I want you to come with that same respect that you would come to the throne of Jesus when you come to give because your offerings are becoming a, a flame of fire on which our angel, our Jesus is going to be seated on and he's going to be ascended into and he's going to be glorified and he's going to be honored. Read this quote out with me, come on. Honoring a word that is spoken over my life results in honoring Jesus who is the living word of God. Loudly, once again. Honoring a word that is spoken over my life results in honoring Jesus who is the word of God. When I honor, come on, once again, when I honor a word that is spoken over my life, I am honoring, it results in honoring Jesus who is the word of God. Come on now. Are you ready to give to Jesus this morning? Yes? This morning our worship will begin with our giving. And we give with that revelation. We give with that understanding. We give because we, we really, really, really want to honor Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless the word. I bless this word that has been released over your children. In the name of Jesus, I bless this offering that we are about to bring about into your presence. In the name of Jesus, I bless every, every word that has, that has been received in faith in this house. I bless that, Lord. I bless it. I bless it. I bless it. In the name of Jesus, we just bless that. We bless, we bless, we bless, we bless. And I speak a, a, a multiplication anointing upon every revelation that has been received, Lord. Let there be not be a single revelation that will go waste. Let there not be a single revelation that will be exclusively only for ourselves, Lord. Let every revelation increase and abound and bless our home and our family and our church and our city and our nation, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, because you are the God of Melchizedek. And you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And today we are giving to honor our great high priest. Today we are giving to honor the word of God. Today we are giving to honor the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Because we believe that you have spoken to us. Because we believe that you have transformed us. We want to give to you. Thank you for tuning in. We believe that you are blessed by the word. We would love for you to be our guest on any of the weekends on a Saturday night service at 7pm or a Sunday morning service at 11am. For more information, please visit our website dreamingrevival.com.